Alright, I'll start the show properly in a second. I just noticed I got badges on my floor, so I'm trying to pick those up. Badges or badgers? Badges. I got ah. two two badges for badges from the PowerPod. Badges. Badges, mate. I like, and I just realised they fell off the back of my desk on the floor. So, podquisition is suspended for a moment while I bend down here. I, I like how when we do our pre-show chat every week, everything is fine. Everything is consistently fine when we're just chatting amongst ourselves. And as soon the as second we start, we, it falls yeah, apart. Yeah, we start recording, Jim <laughs> suddenly realises, oh, everything's fallen apart. And it's always Jim that does it. It's just, everything's <laughs> fine until we hit record and then Jim fucks something up. I got them. I got them. That's me bashing them together to prove they're real. And yes. One, one has Team Peacock written on it. Which is outdated now because he changed his name back to Ian Boldsworth from Team from from Ray Peacock, and the other one just has the power pod on it. So those are two badges that I picked up off my office floor. Welcome to Podquisition, everyone. I'm Jim Sterling. I'm joined as always by my good blue-haired friend Laura Kate. Hello, Laura. Hello. I've realised over time if I ever change my hair colour now, that's going to be a nightmare for brand consistency. But hello, how are you doing, Jim? Um, I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm in a I'm in a, uh, a a light mood today, as as you may tell from the tone of my voice. I'm feeling very airy. Uh, I'm feeling. Are you, are you are you feeling fresh and fran- fancy free? I am. I am. I I feel like Callie and Marie, uh, and, and that's a good thing to feel. Um, you compare me to last week. Obviously, very exhausted, very tired. I just got on over that lawsuit that just sort of ended the day we were recording. And I was waiting for that to clear. Um, that's all in the clear now, as many people will have seen. Jimquisition on the whole subject went up. Nearly 40 minutes of me getting a year off my fucking chest. <laughs> oh, that You did such a good job with that video. It, it turned out very well. I am impressed at how, how good a job you were able to do of, of summing that year up. While also being far fairer to the subject of the video than you perhaps you know, could have been expected to be. Well, it was fairer than than I did imagined in in many it's, mental incarnations of that episode over the months. It um, was fairer than they deserved. Yeah, I, I would I would at times just like think like plan out what I would finally like like what I said at the end of the episode. Hello, Gavin. By the way. <laughs> so hello Gavin sorry I, I launched right into Jimquisition talk because it was a for me certainly that's that's my biggest story of the week was was that um and and just that's the response okay. to it and, and everything I'm just admiring us in this um amazing fan art we got there's some amazing fan art oh yes yeah, Antonio D'Amico, who has done a bunch of fan art for Let's Play video games as well. Uh, he's on Twitter at Anto D'Amico. He makes really bloody good fan art. It's his, so his good that I would really like, good. consider paying him to make a poster for me. Yeah, I like... had the same thought, and we've seen people's tweeting about that already. Yeah. So I was like, that... I would use that 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 image he he did of Podquisition with me and and, and you as as these kind of sinister military advisors and everything. Like, it looks amazing. Like yeah, I would use that as the cover like for something. We look like we're some kind of heads of a Final Fantasy military organization. Yeah, yeah, something like that. <laughs> it's uh, I love how and sinister I... Laura looks. Like she is some sort of like like evil vizier or something. It's, it's and I like, really yeah. I like how we're using Sure 55 microphones. I don't know why, but I'm <laughs> glad we are. 
because they're yeah, nice classic microphones. Yeah, we're using good, good, high quality microphones yeah. for our uh, podcast-based takeover of the of the world. I imagine. That, Jim's that, got some fancy what's written yeah. on Jim's. Oh, on the air. It was like a like they like they designed a staff basically, yeah. like a big like a cane with the mic on it. Uh, which I've seen in, in things before, but but not you know obviously not styled like that. I'd love something like that. Mm. Yeah, I might, I might look into like like. Uh, can you Google that? How do you make a microphone cane? <laughs> I'm sure there is a way a to do microphone it. How to make a magic cane. microphone cane? I I love that this is an audio podcast and we're currently talking about a visual thing that's probably like not necessarily linked on the podcast <laughs> post. Considering we're so renowned for being professional about our audio, there's nothing to find. That's the problem. The first, the first hit you get when you do, how do you get a microphone cane? Is custom-made stage microphone walking stick cane? Artistic alien something something. Then you click on it, and it says, "Whoops, we couldn't find that page. How about these instead?" (laughs) And then I've got my choice of animals: architecture, travel, food and drink, photography, or film, music, and books. Very general (laughs) subjects. When I'm looking for something extremely specific. If anyone has any advice, let us know, I suppose. But uh, I know yeah. Jonathan Davis from Corn got himself a specially designed microphone stand by H.R. Geiger. So, see, oh, I'd love that. Yeah. Oh. That, that, that now sounds like something you would like. You look <laughs> on Google alien, Image Search. Giving your, giving your xenomorph fetish. You got Miley Cyrus with a candy cane microphone if you search for it, but it's just a little candy. I mean, it's 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 big as far as candy canes go, but but it's not a, a cane, like a stick with a microphone on the end that would look awesome. Or can someone come to my house and rig up my ceiling so that a microphone descends like Mr. Kennedy from wrestling used to have? And I'll do that. Also, while we're asking for advice. There was this VHS video I used to watch as a child. My brother reminded me of it yesterday when I was reminding him of a Russian cartoon we used to watch where a wolf would go, Mutsais! Like that when he was angry. Mutsais! No paketi! I don't know what that means. But anyway, there was this VHS and it was a compilation of a lot of different stories. Um, Mostly animated Little short stories. The first one, I think, was about a goose that had broken its wing and a little boy looked after it. Uh, There was one about dreams and nightmares, and I watched that when I was four, and it scared the shit out of me, and I had to hide behind the couch uh, because it was all these, like, almost like chalk drawings of spiders crawling on faces and people screaming. That was one. There was one short story in it about the sun, one about a cat lady. There was one live-action bit with animals in it. And I think the logo was like a moon, like a like a crescent moon smiling, and the title would like come next to it on a banner. But I don't know what the title is. And I remember all these little tiny specific details that are too vague to Google. So if anyone's ever seen that VHS, I'm going to say this exact same thing on the Gymquisition next Monday as well, because I really need to know this. Let me know. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to Podquisition. What the fuck did I just do for the past eight minutes? I don't know, but uh, I, I stopped listening to stare longingly at the Horizon start screen. Oh, God. I'm so, sorry we're keeping you away from Horizon, Gav. Gavin's, to put to a bunch, 
Should we start by talking about Horizon yeah. more? Because Gavin's put a bunch more time into that. Yeah, yeah. yeah I hadn't. Yeah. Um, I hadn't played it last week when we. No, were... you, Had you not. You'd I just got, I got the my code oh, yeah. yeah, you got your code the during the episode. Okay, yeah. how are you? How are you finding it? Um, it's so good that I kind of resent it because every time I'm doing anything else, all I can think about is going back to Horizon. Honestly, I've been mm. the same way. Like, like I try and uh, take it easy in the afternoons now. I'll do like I'll get up at anywhere between four and six, do yeah. a shit ton of work, and you know basically start my day early, and then by the afternoon try and decompress and, and play games and and do other things. And and mm. lately, yeah, I I can't think of anything outside of Horizon. Yeah. And I've collected all the metal vessels, all the all the sorry, all the ancient Jeez. vessels, all the metal flowers. I've I've done all the vantage points, the Bannock figures. Um, I've still got to get one power core to get that. Ancient I love armor. that's driving me up the wall. I love the ancient vessels and the guy who buys them off you and how he thinks they're he he thinks they're like these mythical wonderful things and they're like shitty plastic cups with designs painted yeah. on them. I've always been I a fan of that. that in in kind of any kind of post-apocalyptic or you know post-our society thing the the, yeah. the mythalizing of I've always wanted to read a, a book by because a we do that with with cultures that we find yeah yeah we ascribe archaeological digs. And it's interesting. Yeah, we, 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 we ascribe our own meanings to try and make sense, sense of stuff. Will, Will Self wrote a book. I think it was called, the book itself was called The Book of Dave. And it was a diary written by some middle-aged, angry, misanthropic taxi driver that in the future was uncovered and hailed as a Bible. And so this whole <laughs> society starts, starts deifying and following the teachings of this intolerant <laughs> asshole cabbie it sounds like a fascinating but i've never gotten around to reading it but i might have to check i because i love that stuff and and yeah they do yeah. that with the, with the ancient vessels in uh in in horizon and i there's I so many got in. them all it's just like i was two days into it and i really take my time with these kind of games like I, it took sure. me i think it took me an entire day to even get out of the first little valley do you know mm-hmm. and uh it it just keeps surprising me every time I think yeah. it can't get more awesome. Something new happens that hasn't well, what, happened I mean, before, or like did I the, I didn't find sorry. the cauldrons for for ages. And yeah, then I found yeah. them. I was like, whoa, holy shit! <laughs> yeah, there are these dungeons that are just hidden there in the world, and yeah. and then they are their own They're great diff- little adventures. I, it, without spoiling anything, they're slightly different to the rest of the world, and. And in an interesting way, and in, yeah. it's, it's it makes me glad I didn't read any reviews because all this stuff is surprising me, you know, and and, mm-hmm. and that's why yeah. I'm not really going to say much about the no, game because that, I feel like everything I could say about it, even about locations, would kind of somewhat spoil it for someone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is why I tried to keep so light on specifics in my review. I was just like, look. This is really polished. The combat's yeah. kind of similar to Monster Hunter, but more accessible and less obtuse. Uh, the narrative's good. Here's a 95 out of 100. Please just go play the damn game. <laughs> yeah, seriously, play this game. Uh, it's a masterpiece. The oh, combat. Oh, we can talk about the combat. We can talk about the combat, yeah. 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 I mean, just I do want to just briefly backtrack um, just when you said you spent all, like your first day in the valley. Yeah. I thought that was the game. 
Like when yeah, I first looked at the map, I thought that the the whole Nora Nora sort of territory. I thought that yeah. was the game. Yeah. Then you go through the gate, and it's just the diversity of the environment is what makes it different from other open world games where mm. everything is always so consistent. This this game is artistically consistent, cohesive, yeah. but environmentally, it it's it's, it's lots got of different like things. Six different biomes. Yeah, yeah, and and so many open world games sort of do the Star Wars thing of you know, well, this is the ice planet, this is the yeah. sand planet, and it's like, well, no, 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 worlds are diverse. They have a yeah. lot of different, but bi- you know, biomes and everything, and and that's something this game sort of hammers home. Uh, and they I merge f- them in; they merge them together beautifully as well. Yes, yes, it it, it doesn't feel weird. Uh, and my um, my favorite mm. area so far is the old ruins of civilization. I loved mm. that area. It was very Last of Us feeling. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I love the whole way that very early on you're given this idea of like, no, that civilization fell apart, which suggests that they did something wrong. Therefore, don't mess with it. Yeah. And I like this whole sort of like evil mystification of if a society a society collapses and doesn't survive you don't mess with its remnants in case the same happens again. Yeah. And it I, gave this really, really nice, like, terrifying feel to exploring things that should yeah. have felt fairly familiar to this us. Forbidden, this feeling of, like, forbidden mystery. Which yeah, is, to, which is to also what should like, feel like the most familiar area of the game. Yeah, it's brilliant. And it's, it's, there's I something lo- weird about seeing office chairs in, in that <laughs> game. Something yeah. haunting and, and, like, this is... I don't want to fuck with that. Yeah. yeah, and 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 as well, um, on the topic of the mystery, that Aloy's uh, or Aloy rather, her story is just really, really cool. I'm not. Mm-hmm. I I haven't finished it yet. As I said to you guys before the podcast, I think I'm about halfway, maybe two thirds. But uh, the mystery behind her origin is so cool and so interesting, and keeps getting more interesting as the story yeah. goes on. And then the, you've got like the side quests and everything, which is that's to me the mm. why I like this more than you know your typical Ubisoft thing because it yeah. does the Witcher thing. They of, did the Witcher you know, thing, didn't they? Yeah. yeah, like side quests have their own stories. It's not just there as filler. It's not just distraction. There are yeah. characters and arcs and 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 things that could yeah. have some consequence and and all you that know, kind of stuff. Everything's that, storied and detailed. That's one thing actually that. Uh, the only thing I am so far wishing there were more of were other interesting NPCs because the NPCs are all interesting. There just aren't that many that you get to know very yeah, well. That's true. Nil is amazing. Like the the, oh, the, God, the yeah. bounty hunter the bounty who comes hunter, with you on yeah. Bandit uh, yeah. Stronghold sometimes. Um, I, I won't say too much about him, of course, but yeah. he is a such a great character. I would I would like. Uh, be interested in DLC expansions or something mm-hmm. like that, that that went into that character. I really like um oh what's his name? Mohawk McMutton Chops. The guard guy from the big city. The um I I I I know who you mean, can't remember the name now. Yeah. He's he's a great character anyway. He's got this weird name that is like I've heard it before in other games, but I can't or I can never remember his name. It's like <laughs> or something but yeah he's a good character as well and yeah. you're and, and, and 
a tiny little nitpick, which I've already mentioned to you guys, one or two of the plot beats were just very kind of tired cliches, but they were pretty small and not enough to really annoy me. There's a few predictable plot points that come up, but yeah. usually they are paired... They're, they're kind of the obvious thing that you know is going to happen paired alongside they two or three it. things that you didn't expect. Yeah. And it's like, yes. oh, I can see what's coming, I can see what's coming. Oh, I saw what's coming, but what was coming blinded me to something else entirely. That's yeah. it, yeah. They, they, they overpay. It's like, I expected yeah. this, but then I got this as well. Like, they... they it's, yeah. It's good at using the predictable as a as a uh, a sleight of hand to distract you from the unexpected. Yes, yeah, that that makes sense. Yeah, like there were there were bits of of the main plot. I was like, like Gav, like I called it, but then I didn't mm. quite within call the, the first way it was three wrapped. seconds of the game. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but yeah, like, what I really appreciate about this game though is that I've always known that guerrilla games can tell a good story, Mm. and build a good world. Because, you know, I've read a lot of the supplementary material for the Killzone universe. Uh, I've I've talked before about Killzone. I'm I'm a a fairly fairly big fan of Killzone. Um, I I didn't care for the first one so much, but I loved two. I really liked three, even though it's not that popular. I even thought Shadowfall was was good. I've been replaying Shadowfall uh, recently, just to try it in 4K. Um... And it's all good. I'm, I'm kind of more along with Laura there. That that universe never mm. really grabbed me that much. Yeah. Well, here's the this... thing. This is what I'm saying. Um, it would have if they'd have put the fucking story in. If they'd have put the fucking... Like, they've built an amazing fucking universe for Killzone, right? Yeah. And it's not in the games. It's... Yeah, well, this... The Hellgast yeah. are like that's what drew me to because because I'm I, I'm always interested in villainous characters I find them interesting, and the the real motivation for the Hellgast and what happened to them the his, the history of them is incredible, uh, to the point where you could see them being the good guys, but that never comes up in the game. They're all just sort of here are our space Nazis, yeah. and this this is my big thing, and I said as much in my review. Just I've. I've always been able to see that Guerrilla Games are clearly a talented development studio. I've never really cared about their games, even like I can see that they're good. They're just not for me. They just don't grab me. This is the first time I played a Guerrilla Games game and just gone, yep, yeah. this is yeah. the way that you structure your narrative to get me hooked in. Well, yeah, I mean, a lot of people were surprised. I saw comments on the the, the Jim Impressions video I did of it where they're like, I can't believe Gorilla did this game. Like, fucking Gorilla. Yeah. And I'm like, like I knew they were capable of this. but for I never some... thought they would do it, though. So, yeah, some yeah. reason. They never they never brought what they could do to their their games, to Killzone. And, and, and it remains a, a massive frustration for me uh, that they never... They they, ne- they they never used the potential that they had and, and really uh, created a, a the history of the ISA versus the Hellgast. And this is where I start getting really sort of nerdy, uh, just really sort of pushing my spectacles up as, as I talk about that. Like the, the history between the ISA and the Hellgast is really well detailed and, and rich and, and that should be the game. That should be the game. The game should be about that, that conflict. Uh, and it and it isn't. It's it's always about some generic soldier has to do a thing, 
It's just do a thing that's not all that consequential to the war, but do it, because we said, and here are some space Nazis, and they got red eyes. And they look awesome, but you won't really get to know how cool and interesting they are, because we won't tell you. This game, Horizon does tell you, and, and Gorilla finally showed off their world-building ability. And hopefully, you know, demonstrated why someone like me is is into Killzone as much as I am. Mm. Because I'm just as absorbed in that universe. It just never came through in-game. This one, it comes through. And that's... It's it's so fucking good. I had a review copy. I've had it for weeks. But I was more excited yesterday about the collector's edition I bought out of my own pocket coming than I am about the Switch coming to my house in two days. (laughs) I... I was in a similar position to you until I started playing a particular Switch game, which I'm sure we'll get to in a second. Oh, yes. but, oh, uh, just, yeah. can, can we quickly talk about the combat in Horizon before we yeah, move yeah, on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this is what I was going to say, is we need to get back to Gavin's <clears throat> point about combat. Um, it's like, um, it, it starts pretty easy, but I don't know about you, but I, I've had some really challenging fights and I love how oh, they yeah. let you wander off and just get completely mm. obliterated by these giant fucking things that are way over your level. <laughs> I, I think that at first it's very easy to just go into every fight and be like, if I shoot my bow at the right points nice and fast, I will be totally fine against, you know, yeah. one, maybe two or three enemies at a time. By the end of it, it's like, oh, I actually do need to be using my different types of arrows, my yeah. like thing that I can yeah. use to tether to them, them to the ground. I need to slow them down, lure them into traps. I need to do this, that, and the other. Hit them with mm. melee. Try and take them over. Like I've, it I've, does. I've had some yeah. wonderful Souls esque moments in mm. this game where I encounter it, something that's way too strong. Like I told you guys about meeting the fucking thunder, whatever it's mm, called, thunder the stormbird. Hulk. Yeah. Oh, by yeah. the way. All the flying enemies can fuck off in that game. <laughs> yeah, they're yeah. so annoying. I like, I don't mind the Stormbird so much just because it does make for a pretty thrilling fight. The yeah. Glinthawks, however, really assholes. do need to fuck off. Yeah. Um, because when you're trying the to hit I, them, the camera has a, yeah. a bit of a fucking fit, and it like ends I up find... in the grass, and you're looking at grass instead of at the bird. Yeah, and I've got like all almost all the skills, almost all of Aloy's skill trees filled. So I've got the thing where you you know push the stick and it goes in slow motion. You get a bit of bullet time. I find it harder to hit them with that. I don't even know what that is, but there's just oh, maybe the that turns hawks. off the auto aim or something. I don't know, but they. I will say there's nothing more satisfying than shooting a, a glint hawk and landing a couple in the chest and getting yeah. its ice core to explode, and then it's it just so explodes in a shower off. of ice. They're the like they're the one enemy in the game that re- every time I see them I groan. I'm like, oh no! Yeah, they, I'm gonna they're... be look. Oh, the camera's gonna get stuck in the grass now, and I'm gonna be running around like an idiot <laughs> trying to hit it. I was gonna ask what what whether you had any annoying enemies because I figured the glint the glint if it if it would be <laughs> one it would be the glint hawks. They are. Mm. Uh, I normally like load up uh, uh, my like my war bow with racers. They are. I normally load up my bow with corruption arrows and just make them fight each other yeah. and then hide. Um, but yeah, like you say, some of the fights... You, you uh, know what else I've... pisses me off about the Glintocks? When you stun them, they don't stay down as long as other enemies and they they, they, they can fall like a mile away from you and you like sprint over and by the time you get there, they're flying again and you're just yeah. like, fuck! Well, I think they, they start the stun state as while they're falling. So yeah. 
they're halfway conscious by the time they hit the ground. Um, mm. That can be a real pain in the ass. In um, in general, though, the combat system is so much fun. And oh, despite yeah. the despite the like, yes, if you shoot freeze canisters with arrows, that does a thing and it's useful. But you can approach the fights however you want. Like you can just run in with your spear and batter the shit out of them and send bits flying off. Or what? What I love is you know the big charging bull things. Mm-hmm. And they're well, they're the like behem- cows the and bulls because the they've got big udders, and it's just so spectacular to set them on fire by blowing up their udder, and then they you've this huge, big, blazing demon of flame chasing you around, making terrifying <laughs> noises, and it's just it's something else. It really has That's, to be yeah. seen to be believed. Just as as you slowly strip their armor and their weapons yeah. away, and then they're just these thrashing red, yeah. angry things. Angry red, like skeletal, like oh, it's just br- the the damage system is incredible. Bits falling off them and yeah. flames shooting out of them, and so there's lo- something very satisfying look. about something very satisfying about just hearing that. Yeah, that that means you you hit something critical. Just that I don't want gorilla love weird noises. Yeah, they Cause do. Because they, they had that famous headshot chirp in Killzone 2 that was just obnoxious. And this, it's like weird noises when you loot rare items, a weird yeah. noise when you heal. Um, I love the I noises, like the, it, um, the enemy wind-up noises for the attacks. It's like, because mm. it, 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 the combat can be a little bit of a clusterfuck when you're fighting two or three enemies and you're looking at, because oh, yes, there's no lock-ons, so... So you you just hear the and you're just like fuck time to dodge. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, like when I first encountered the the long legs, which are basically like the big peacocks. Yeah. Um they were horrifying. The noises yeah. they make, the weird howls and things. The jumping um thing where they they shoot flame out of their chest and just ugh. But but yeah, yeah fant- fan fucking tastic game. I might buy that Thunderjaw statue that Sony's selling on their store. I haven't fought the Thunderjaw yet. I'm 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 scared to go near it. <laughs> <laughs> After how long it took me to kill the fucking uh, Stormbird thing, like that uh, that fight went on for about twenty minutes, and I, I had used up every single resource I had by the time I killed it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, you'll enjoy the Thunderjaw. You'll, you'll enjoy the Thunderjaw. He is, he is a treat to fight. I bet he is. <laughs> yes. Just but, try yeah. and get him on his own. <laughs> amazing, amazing game. Go and buy it because, like, seriously, I, I haven't fallen in love with a game like this since Witcher 3, and that's not, that's not hyperbole. I'm not exaggerating. Yeah. I literally can't stop thinking I, about this game all the time. I, I said very similar things, and then I, I reluctantly put it aside... And unbelievably, a very similar kind of game has made me feel very similarly yes. this week as well. <laughs> yes, it is time to. Oh. It All is right, time we'll, to move we'll away get on from to Horizon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've been playing one of them Switches, which I was like, eh, 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 about until I started playing Zelda, and oh my god, Zelda Breath of the Wild. Because you, um, you were skeptical, weren't you? You were worried yeah. that it wouldn't fill its open world with a lot so, of uh, good shit. I I maintain the complaints I had about the demo for Breath of the Wild in that having a limited stamina bar, a time limit on play in a largely open, empty starting area is not a good way to demo that game. 
that demo did not do this game justice. Um, I went into Breath of the Wild very much with the intention of powering through the main story to see, you know, get a good feel for what was there, get to the end of it and be able to write my review. I have spent probably 35 hours in that game so far, and I'm still not done with the main story because I keep going off to explore the world because... They have made a really satisfying combat system, some really nice exploration mechanics, and a world that I just kind of want to go get lost and explore. And I generally not like that for open world games. And as soon as that time limit's taken away and I can just explore at my leisure, I keep just wanting to explore rather than pushing on with the story. Yeah, and that's sound promising. Funny. Yeah, I it's 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 Everything I said about Horizon, I maintain. Breath of the Wild is hitting a very similar itch for me, for different reasons. Um, like, it is less focused upfront on story. It's less trying to push you through that story. But it is equally catching my attention and making me want to just keep pushing on and on and on with this open world. And I love Breath of the Wild. Ugh. How, are, how are the dungeons? Um, as best I can tell, in terms of standard dungeons like you're expecting from a Zelda game, there's maybe four. Uh, I, four. I believe, from what I can tell, I believe there are four dungeons you you can go to, like big standard dungeons you can go to along your way to the the end of the game. Yeah. Um, none of them are mandatory. You can avoid them all. Oh, wow. um, there are a bunch of mini dungeons, which each of which are maybe maybe five to ten minutes or so to complete if you know what you're doing. They are generally puzzle-based. I haven't come across any combat-based ones of these mini dungeon shrines yet, where it's like, hey, here's a puzzle theme. Go work your way through this. And you usually get rewarded with upgrade items that can go towards either health or stamina. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's very different to the usual structure of a Zelda game. Yeah, um, I was going to ask. Um, I don't know... I don't know how much you've played. I don't know how much you can tell me on this, but because the structure normally, you know, you've got that progression of more and more items. You've got mm. the bow now. You've got the hook shot. You've got the iron uh, boot. Like you can get, yeah, and you can access different areas with the new stuff once you get. Like, there, is that still there? Oh no, there is none of that. Okay, ah. so here, here's ah. the thing. Wow. Okay, the the starting tutorial area, you get maybe two minutes of hey, here's like your story hook if you want it. Right. And then you're on this starting area. There okay. are four four power ups you can get on that starting area, and you need to get those four power ups enabled to in order to be able to leave the starting area and go explore the rest of the world. And then after that, and that's maybe your first hour of like, and that first hour is not handholdy. You can go off and just explore the starting area to your heart's desire if you wish. Once you leave that starting area, maybe an hour in. You can do what I did and literally just run for what is very obviously the end of the game. (laughs) And you can legitimately do it. You can just sprint for the place that's clearly going to be the final boss. And there are things that are very overpowered and will probably kill you very quickly. And if you can sprint past them and ignore them, or you can somehow miraculously kill them, you could just go for the uh, final boss. And there is no way I am good enough at that game to do... <laughs> like, there will be people who will, like, get off of the starting area, run straight for the final boss and beat that game. Oh, yeah, there'll, there'll be a um, Twitch stream, like, at midnight. Oh, 
Of and then course. ten minutes later, a Kotaku headline that's you know Twitch streamer yeah. beats Breath of the <laughs> well, Wild in ten minutes. Yeah. Well, here's the thing: like, they're all of the story stuff is completely optional. Um, most of it seems tied to it'll fairly obviously signpost if you want to follow the story, this is where to go. Right. And if you go follow those, you'll get like four or so like big main dungeons. None of them have progression blocking items, but they have narratively significant items that are worth going after and that's where you'll find most of your like your cutscenes, your voice are acting, they, all of that are stuff. They, are they themed on the elements like previous uh, Zelda's dungeons? Some somewhat. They yeah. are they are definitely like this is the one at the fiery volcano where it's yeah. the fiery area and here's your fiery temple. Good. There is similar theming there and it's probably not gonna surprise anyone what the elemental themes of those Dungeons mm-hmm. are, but the how, ca- uh, okay. Go on, yeah. Ask, ask I away. Know, I, was, I was just looking at. I'm just. How on earth did this happen? That this Horizon, Mass Effect, and Torment all release within a month of each other. I like, don't. Why? Why uh, does this have to happen? <laughs> I don't know. Because space it this, out, people. This is the first. Like this is. This is probably, worse than last November. <laughs> yeah. This is. This is the one game that has had me like being okay with putting down Horizon because I'm similarly getting really into this game. Um, The narrative stuff is better presented than I expected. Um, This shouldn't be a surprise in this day and age, but when there's voice acting, characters' mouths move in sync with the voice acting. And that's a weird, that's a weird thing to see in a Zelda game, like a character moving their mouth and words coming out. Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna ask, like, is that freaky? Uh, it's, it takes a second to get used to because you don't expect it. Um, yeah. Like, sorry, I'm still putting all my thoughts together. I've not written my review yet. I feel like I need to put a bunch more time into this. Um, it's, it's initially a little off-putting and I'm not a big fan of the fact that there is still only partial voice acting. A lot of the NPCs just don't make any sound or they do their fake talking while text right. happens. It's just only, like, whoa, 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 it's, and then yeah, text. If you go follow the story stuff, you will get cutscenes in which characters actually talk and that takes a second to get used to. I think that the cutscenes in this and the, the narrative in this reminds me a lot of something like Majora's Mask. It's a bit of a darker turn for Zelda narratives. I was a big fan with some of the twists it's taken so far. I've not seen it through to the end yet, but I, I'm i really into it. Um, the combat is really bloody difficult. It's the most I've died in a Zelda game in years. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, it, it's unforgiving right from the start. Uh, even just like in the starting area, if you run unprepared into a group of four or five enemies, you're probably going to die. They'll just surround you and you'll be... Pretty dead, pretty fast. By, um, by unprepared, do you mean tactically unprepared? Like, do you need to use like debuffs and like kind of lots of different weapons for different enemies, or do you um, mean just if you rush in and not paying attention to what you're, how you're fighting? Uh, bit, bit of both. So, in yeah. terms of like preparing before going into a fight, you want to. I, I'm trying to avoid the Dark Souls comparison because people are going to make it. Um, mm. You want to watch enemies from a distance and get an idea of what kind of weapon do you have, what kind of speed are you likely to be, yeah. is there any is there any way that I can use the environment to get a, a jump start on this group of enemies to take the advantage at the start. Like dropping um, a big fucking boulder on them. <laughs> yeah, like dropping a big boulder on them or something like that. Um, 
there, in terms of weapons and preparing yourself that way, every weapon and shield in the game is just you collect them either from treasure chests that you find just out in the world or by defeating enemies and taking their weapons. So you want to make sure that you have the right kind of weapons available before you tackle certain challenges, which will make things easier. Do the weapons degrade? Uh, The weapons do degrade. Um, I know, I know, I know. So I... I Okay, I'm torn on weapon degradation, because... Okay, Sorry. My, 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 I'm not sure where I land on this yet. I like the fact that from very early on, it's encouraging me to switch up we- weapons regularly. They all have different move sets. It's encouraging me to be experimental and to try new stuff out. I don't like the fact that if I find something that I really, truly yeah. love, it's difficult to commit to it. And I'm, I'm not you... done with the game yet. Is it I'm irreparable? Hoping... Well... When you when a weapon degrades, as far as I'm aware currently, it's gone. Um, oh. I keep like I'm hoping that if I well, surely find that ro- can't happen with the master sword because that well would be- that I was just I was laughing to myself yeah. just imagining the master sword just breaking. Well, this is what I'm thinking is like that there, <laughs> it's there not is a presumably very mastery sword. Is there it? are presumably going to be weapons that either won't completely be destroyed or will be repairable or something like that um the big place where it's annoying me is shields because it's really fun to like use your shield to snowboard in this game but that degrades your shields and i'm like it's a really cool fun thing that i have to try not to do too often in case i destroy all my shields that seems a little kind of like almost like a fuck you to the player. <laughs> That's the part of, of survival open world crafty games that I fucking hate. Where you can't have fun because the game is tugging on your arm saying, pay attention well, to this bit of yeah. management. That's, that's Pay the, attention to this minutiae that you yeah. shouldn't really be worrying about because you just want a fucking snowboard. Really, that's the yeah, only that place where option, it annoyed me. Yeah. optional mode. Yeah. That, it's the only place where it really annoyed me was um, was wanting to snowboard more often, but having to stop and check, do I have enough shields available that I can snowboard here and it's not going to cause that- me any problems? I presume you find a lot of weapons, do you? Uh, you do. Like, any time you defeat a weapon, that, uh, uh, an enemy, they drop... Any okay. any equipment they were using, and that's available to you to just pick up and add to your inventory. Cool. Um, I was surprised at quite how different all of the weapons, their move sets, their like attack speeds and things felt. Um, mm-hmm. None of the stuff that's usually key items is now key items. A uh, good example being boomerangs. A boomerang is now just a thing you can get from an enemy. You can either club someone with a boomerang, or you can throw it. But if you throw it, you have to press at the right time to catch it, or it'll just fly past you, and oh. your, your boomerang's oh. gone. It'd be better um, if it this like, is hit stuff you in I the find face. A bit... <laughs> I'd love that. See, that's the bit that it sounds great. The game sounds great. Obviously, I've not played it yet. I'm. Mm. I, I didn't even bother asking Nintendo about a Switch. I'm, I'm done I, with Nintendo. I. Uh, I did not get mine through uh, Nintendo liking me. I found other ways to get yes. a hold of one. <laughs> you lured your way to get I, one. Yeah, I lured my way to one. Um, <laughs> it does. You know, a lot of what you're describing sounds great, but the fiddly little things. Mm. That's so, like like that part of what I liked about Horizon was. Yeah, yeah, there was crafting. Yeah, you felt like you were in a sort of survival game, but you weren't micromanaging stuff. You weren't mm. being t- 
hugged so, on. I'm, hey, stamina. Except, hey, except, hunger. Except when you need to find healing herbs. I feel like they <laughs> really need to increase how quickly yeah. your, your pouch fills up in a pack. Yeah, I, I, I'll give it that. But, but it is easy enough to refill. And, oh. and, and you fill it up and then have a big fight. You're not worried about, you know, halfway through, will my weapon break in half? Yeah. Um, y- you're not checking before you do something. You, here's a fun thing. Let me check my inventory to make sure I can, you know, afford to well, have fun, fun in the game. Let, yeah. let, let me say my thing. Like, I'm bringing those things up because I know for some people they are going to be a barrier to enjoying this game. For me, they weren't a problem. In the general flow of combat, I was never really stopping to think about it. It was just, oh, I want X particular type of weapon. I know what kind of enemy, so I'll go kill one of those and grab one. Yeah, um, I know. Ex- I know. I've played games that do this, where you know you're living from weapon to weapon based on what you scrabble, and it is an interesting idea. But I don't know. I, I I've always found it frustrating in games. It it what, usually you... it usually frustrates me, but it has not done here yet. Okay. Okay. Can you use your bow while you're sliding on your shield like all Legolas style? Uh, you can do, yes. Awesome. Um, so, like, just generally, I was dubious going in, particularly from the fact that it was so clearly different to the standard um, formula of a Zelda. I, I'm a fan. Which I do of, applaud them for. Yeah, I'm, I'm a fan of linear, linear when narrative is it released, game by design. The way? Uh, Friday, it comes out. Um, and, and I presume that's when the review embargo is as well. Uh, the review embargo is Thursday, um, so it'll probably be, reviews will probably be up by the time this podcast goes up. But I'm not under embargo, so whatever. Um, <laughs> They'll probably but, be up at midnight tonight, will they? Give us a uh, score. No, give I us just, a score, and I'll make that the title of the podcast. <laughs> it's going to be a ten, I, isn't it? I wish I, I wish I was ready to to give it a score. Um, <laughs> Horizon like, is a ten out of ten game from me, by the way. Absolutely, uh, no, no doubt in this, my mind, 10 out of 10. I'm going to call this podcast episode Breath of the Wild Reviewed in all caps. <laughs> yeah, by Laura. Um, so, yeah, I, um, I'm i not ready to, to put a score on this yet, but uh, it's it's different from something like Horizon in that Horizon puts its narrative much more front and centre and it's consistently trying to encourage you to go after its story. Uh, this is very much more the stories that, if you want it, otherwise, here's this big open world. A lot of my concerns about the open world have gone now that I've been able to play it in something that's not a 30-minute limited uh, it, time um, scale. And got, just, uh, yeah. Sorry, you, sorry yeah, I'm interrupting go on. you. you go, got, go on, Gav. I, I was just going to say, it got a perfect score from that famous Japanese... Um, is it Famitsu or Famitsu? Uh, it also got a ten out of ten from Edge Magazine, which I think is their twelfth ten out of ten in fifteen years. So, like, that's that's good from them. Um, yeah. This game is going to rate high. Let's just say that this game is going to rate very Zel- high. Zelda games always do. Yeah, some um, website, maybe Polygon, maybe me, will give it like a seven. Or an eight, <laughs> and then the Zelda fans are going to shit their diapers, and the entire Neo Geth Red will become Jim. about the, that one yeah. review. The Zelda fan base shit themselves when I said, "Hey, that demo's not very good." Like I'm still convinced. They're terrible. The game, like, I was like, "The game's going to probably be great. I'm going to probably love the game." Not a good demo. Not a good way of showing that game off. And I yeah. stand by that. But they were like, "Oh, first negative reviews coming up. 
first people trying to get clicks from shitting on Zelda that well, we this, haven't played yet. <laughs> this is the fan base that, that, you know, threw its shit at the wall over that uh, Twilight Princess review that Jeff Gersman did. What was it? like? He gave it like an 8.9 or something? I mean, that's... When Sorry. you get into those kinds Sorry. of specific decimals... You, you're good, Gavin. I'm just talking over the noise. It don't matter. Um, it... it, it what was I saying? Now it does, because I addressed it. Fuck. Fuck. <laughs> this is, yeah, Sorry. they got pissed off about that. I think they got pissed off when Jonathan Holmes gave Skyward Sword a 9. Because it wasn't a 10. Nintendo so- fans, like, this... Again, I'm talking about Nintendo again and its fan base, who, at this point, loathe me. Um, you, you do make it easy. You yeah. do make it easy to set you off, because you set your fucking selves off. I've talked about this years ago, what I call the black smoke, uh, where that's based when they when they originally broadcast War of the Worlds as a radio thing and, and made it as a genuine news broadcast. It affected some people so deeply they felt they could smell the black smoke that the Martians were pouring into into the city. And and that that is what Zelda fans are like. They whip themselves up into this frenzy till they can smell the black smoke. And, and, oh, them, Sonic fans, all right, and who else? Who else is shit? Um, and I am, I should just scale back. I'm talking specifically about the shit parts of the fan bases. I understand not all Sonic fans and not all Zelda fans are dickheads, but when it comes to fuckboys and piss babies, those two communities have award-winning twats. So, I'm going to admit right now, I'm one of those Zelda fans. Like, Zelda is, like, the series that I get very excited which about. Which is fine. Um, I, which is fine. I'm not, I'm, I, that ain't a problem. Yeah, and I'm very careful to point that out in yeah, advance. Yeah, but Laura, because... you, you're, not a, you're not sending abuse to, no, to but people who review I'm, it badly. <laughs> I'm, I'm careful to point that out in advance, because my review, I imagine, is probably going to be Saturday. It's going to go up at this point, because yeah. I've got a bunch more of it I want to do. Um, I am and it's gonna... probably going to be coloured it... by your love yeah, the it's, it's likely going to be scored very high, and I'm aware that that is oh, going to be coloured by my... my. Uh, it's going to be viewed as being coloured by my appreciation of the series. Like What I will say is, I was worried going into this because it was very different to what I generally enjoy about a Zelda game. Yeah. I was concerned that the switch to a more narratively focused experience would... Uh, sorry, away from a narratively focused experience to something more open-ended where the narrative is there if you want it, but there's this big open world to explore. I was afraid that just wouldn't gel for me. And I was pleasantly surprised, much like Horizon, to go into a game expecting it to not be my thing and being blown away by quite how much I got obsessed with it. So Mm -hmm. I will say that... You sold me. I will say that much. You sold me a lot more. The the things that are... (laughs) I have criticisms, but generally those criticisms are things that I feel I should share, but are not stopping me from loving the hell out of this game and being the same sort of way that both of you have talked about Horizon, where you're like, I'm not playing it, but I'm thinking about playing it. And that's how I'm feeling about Breath of the Wild right now. So I'm... I feel like I've... Yeah. I feel like you've you've really communicated the... how you feel. Like, Like, I really... I, I understand exactly what you're saying. Mm. Um, 
and what you've described, parts of it sound incredibly fucking annoying, and then other parts of it sound incredibly fucking tantalising. So I will, I'll definitely say that after this official review that you just did for the podquisition of uh, <laughs> the Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild exclusive on Nintendo uh, Switch. Okay, Microsoft. okay. Do you want the review? The review score: <laughs> uh, twelve out of ten, best game of all time. Never will there be a better game. This this justifies gaming existing. Twelve out of ten, Laura K. Buzz. Better Confirmed. than Ocarina out of ten. Better than Ocarina out of ten. There you go. Do you think that? Do you think that? Um, is, 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 is Breath of the World better than Ocarina of Time? Okay, I don't feel like I can directly compare them. The obvious these thing days, being... These days, there's a lot of games that are better than Ocarina yeah, of the World okay. because it's um, very dated in its mechanics. Yes. Ocarina of Time for when it released... Did I just say Ocarina uh, of the Wild, by the way? I don't know. You might have done. Um, they are... They... Breath of the Wild is so different to what I expect out of a Zelda game. They don't feel directly comparable. They feel like they're two different genres of game in many ways. Um, I feel like this is probably the closest example we've had since Ocarina of the Zelda series taking a chance to make a big change mechanically and paying off. I feel like this is a big mechanical change to Zelda that's that's likely to pay off in the same ways that Ocarina, Ocarina's mechanical changes paid off for it. In short, Breath of the Wild reviewed 12 out of 10. Yep. Exclusive here on There you go, 12 out of 10. Oh. There you go. Um, so, yeah, is it worth me talking a bit about the Switch? Because I have that. And yeah, general have, thoughts. Yeah, uh, people want to know. Yeah, I've not put my review up of the Switch yet. The embargo's up, and I am basically waiting because there's a day one patch that a bunch of stuff is locked behind. So I'm not doing my review yet. But they did that with uh, the Wii U as well. Yeah, because they rush things. Yeah, here's here's my general thoughts. It is m- Nintendo have been pushing the Switch for a while as a home console first that happens to be portable rather than a handheld that happens to dock into your TV. I think that does it a disservice. The Switch is far more impressive when viewed as a very polished, high-end, fancy-feeling handheld that docks into your TV, rather than what Nintendo's positioning at it as, which is a home console that's only marginally more powerful than the Wii U that you can take with you. Um, so you're saying they've got it the wrong way round. I, I feel like I, I understand why they marketed it, marketed it as a home console first. I feel that it's much more impressive when viewed the way they're not trying to market it. Um, as, a, as a handheld, it feels like it has an incredibly polished build quality. It it feels like, like an Apple product or something in that it doesn't feel like a Fisher-Price kid's first tablet like the Wii U in some regards <laughs> did. It yeah. feels like a posh bit of expensive fancy cool tech uh all of the ui design that's there at the moment is minimal did you guess, and it um, works well did you get the red and blue one or the correct one uh the correct one <laughs> so i like the blue color but i can't do one color on one side and a different color on the other it just that's annoys why. my brain yeah, that's just that's awful. why nintendo the shifty bastards sell the controller with the opposite colors so you buy yeah. a second controller so you can have some uniform color fucking 
fucking wankers. Yeah, down the line when I get more Joy-Cons, I might get a pair of blue or a pair of red, but I don't want one blue, one red. Um, oh, Jim, why did you criticise Nintendo so much? Because look at what they did with the Joy-Con colours. Yeah. That's Nintendo in a fucking nutshell. I, I love Nintendo, but they fucking piss me off sometimes. Um... So, yeah, like, the build quality and stuff all feels really nice. The UI is fast, responsive, uh, really minimal in a really nice way. Um, So the big caveats to say, as a home console, it doesn't feel as powerful as you would expect a new home console to feel. As a handheld, the big big issue is the battery life when playing a big AAA game like Zelda is maybe two and a half hours if you're lucky. Um... I have already bought a big chunky USB-C power pack to mitigate that because I want to be using the Switch for I I love the idea of playing big tri- like a big AAA open world game like Zelda on a handheld on a flight or a big long coach trip for work yeah. and with a big USB-C power pack that's totally doable. It's annoying yeah, for that me, out the box I have to do that. <laughs> for me I like the idea that it's you know when I get an invite to go to the pub and I can't because I'm working on a game. Now I'm like, all right, I will go to the pub and I will drink drinks near you, Flannel, but mm. you're just going to have to talk at me while I play Zelda. Yeah, this is... Because I'm going to sit here and play Zelda in the pub. Yeah, this is the thing. Like, I, I'm really into this as a high-powered handheld, assuming that you've got a big power pack. So like, if you're on like a six-hour flight, you don't have to stop playing two hours in. Um... Yeah. So the big Man, if I take it to the pub, after two hours I'm going to be incapable of playing it. So the battery life's probably perfect. <laughs> that's that's probably use. all right. Uh, so the stuff that's not in there right now that I can't talk about. There's no online connectivity right now. There is <laughs> no support for the um, the apps that are meant to be coming. The smartphone apps that connect up with it. There is no ability to uh, to do half of the the connected functions of this. Um, to the point that like they they have a screenshot taking button it works it does its job really nicely it it's really good at organizing screenshots you can't share those screenshots on social media direct from the switch yet because it doesn't have its post to twitter functions and things like that um yeah just it it seems like the the that side of it is classically nintendo mm. classically half baked well it works really nicely for taking full resolution uh, screenshots for reviews. I will be using that functionality a lot. But yeah, yeah do you like, stick them on a flash drive like that? Like uh, you put in a they, USB uh, thing. And... If if you don't have a micro SD plugged in, they'll save to your system memory, and you can then tweet them or whatever. If you've got a micro SD in, you can just save them to micro SD and chuck them over to the computer like you would anything off of an SD card. Right, um, right. So SD, like okay. it's it's nice and easy to move stuff to PC from that. Um, it's definitely a useful thing. Like I've taken a bunch of Zelda screenshots for my review ready. And they look yeah. really they look really nice when put up on a TV. The screenshot button does work. Um, the big elephant in the room, and I don't know whether this is going to be fixed or not by the time I do my, my review. Right now, there is a problem with the left Joy-Con that a lot of people are experiencing, and I have experienced a few times. Yeah. If you are playing with the Switch with the, the Joy-Cons, like, um, connected wirelessly rather than plugged into the, the, the tablet... Sometimes the left Joy-Con will become unresponsive. There are a couple of factors that seem to play into this. The Bluetooth receiver 
seems to be having some kind of issues when you put your hand over the top end of the left Joy-Con. Um, that might be from the way you're holding the controller. In 1-2 Switch, it's to do with the way that the Joy-Con, you're expected to turn the Joy-Cons in some directions can cause this problem. And the issue basically causes there to be input latency with regards to the left analog stick, where if you were doing the left analog stick in circles and then put your hand over the end of the, the Joy-Con, it would do partial circles, then freeze for a second or two, then catch up, and it's a weird issue. There are places and people saying that this will be fixed in the day one patch. I am not convinced. This feels like an issue where the positioning of the Bluetooth receiver in the left Joy-Con has been picked for some reason, just for space reasons, right. and that something about it means that it's it's not a strong Bluetooth receiver, and it's poorly positioned, and your hand is enough to stop it from connecting properly. That's my concern. I am yeah. hoping that this day one patch, which was not available at the time that reviewers uh, the embargo lifted, um, I'm hoping that this does something to fix that problem. Maybe it increases the refresh rate at which the Bluetooth receiver is pinged or something, or it increases the output voltage or the the frequency of the Bluetooth. And may, I, I, you know, I, I'm not the one to fix that problem. I hope that gets fixed because it's a common enough issue that if people are buying the Switch and this issue is still there after the day one patch, this is going to be a big thorn in the side of its otherwise really polished, um, high-end feeling presentation. And I'm concerned about that. Yeah, like, I've, I've heard, obviously, I've seen a lot of tweets about that whole, the, the left Joy-Con issue. Um, my, my fear is... We, like it, it's almost following the trajectory of the 3DS launch, which you think would be good, because the 3DS, of course, is phenomenally successful. What people don't realise is that for a while, it wasn't. And I, mm -hmm. I think it's it, it's marriage to the DS brand is, is what really sort of kept it surviving through the tough times. Because it had tough times. Uh when it launched, there was an issue, I, I'm sure some will remember, I certainly do. The original 3DSs would weirdly collect moisture. Mm. When you closed it up, when you reopened it, there'd be like just this thin film of wet just yeah. around the yeah. screen. I was aware, I'm aware of this. Yeah, the, 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 the moisture issue, and then really... Isn't there a thin film of wet on a lot of your appliances, Jim? <laughs> I mean, for me, yes. Um, obviously, because I play cum all over everything. Uh, the, the, um, the one that I remember with the 3DS was when you shut it, uh, the original model, the, the raised edges of the bottom screen would leave a mark on the top screen. Yes, yes, that, that would, that, I think that was tied into the moisture thing as well. Like, it, mm. was, it would press and trap, I guess, trap moisture or, or just... Or just get really it, horny. I, I don't know exactly why it was producing juice, but, but that's and then what the it NES did. The NES controllers would, would leave fucking marks on your hand in the shape of triangles. Mm. Yeah, I'm re-experiencing that with the NES Classic. Yeah, oh, it's so um, and, and so realizing painful. just how Americanized I am that I'm saying NES Classic when, <laughs> as as Gav just said. Um, in in the UK, certainly it was NES, yeah. NES and SNES, mm. uh, and Mega Drive. And we Mega didn't have, Drive. We didn't have no fucking Genesis over here. We <laughs> had the Mega Drive. 
um, but yeah. yes, yes. You, you make uh, a, what you, was I saying? Yeah, you make a good point about it being yes. worryingly like the 3DS's rollout in some regards. Well, the other thing, the other thing, of course, was was the price drop. The 3DS had a big yeah. price drop soon after launch, and then they did that ambassador program where it's like, sorry, we fucked up. Everyone who bought it at launch when we wanted you to buy it have a bunch of free games. And mm. I'm I'm looking at the Switch and I'm looking at the problems uh, and I'm looking at the features that aren't fulfilled right now. And I am wondering if we're going to see an ambassador yeah, program mark too. I, I'm concerned of the same thing. Like right now, I'm waiting for that day one patch and my review's probably going to be up Friday would be my, my guess. Um... Because I want to put a good few hours in once that patch is done, just to see that, that some of those problems are gone. But I am concerned with how last minute everything to do with the Switch has been. That's I, it. Yeah, I understand yeah. that it's purely because they need it out during this month, so that it's before the end of the financial year, so that investors have a nice bump at the end of the financial year. You've got to tickle those shareholders. Yeah, That's but what you've got uh, to do. I... I am much more concerned about the Switch than I thought I would be, and I am crossing my fingers that my opinion improves in the coming days. Um, but yeah, do we want to quickly talk about some of the news we listed for this week? Um, I mean, I guess we can. Uh, uh, I mean, I'm fine with a with a Horizon yeah. Zelda Switch special. It almost like like because those are so big. The, the news almost pales. I mean, we can run through the headlines yeah, quick. There's, there's a couple of headlines that are maybe worth running through. Um, yeah. Mass Effect Andromeda's developers promised full frontal nudity and softcore pornography in Andromeda. And then to later, be fair, kind of... he was clearly joking when he said it's well, softcore pornography. People... Yeah. People. Having not played the game, I don't know. Maybe there is softcore porn in it. He was clearly so, joking. Well, okay. So he says full frontal, full nudity, uh, rather than the previous game's partial nudity and softcore porn. Uh, mm. Later, the softcore porn comment was uh, withdrawn. Did Inquisition have full frontal? Uh, I'm sure it I did. Believe it may have done. Um, mm. I know previous Mass Effects haven't. Um, yeah, so they withdrew the softcore porn comment saying this is still a serious video game and not an excuse for pornography, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but, just... Sorry, Laura, to, sorry to interrupt you here, but just for the audience, if you've never seen the Iron Bull romance scene in Dragon Age Inquisition, <gasps> oh. go and watch it on YouTube because it's one it's... of the funniest scenes you'll ever see in a video it game. Is, it is goddamn beautiful, but... Uh, yeah. Just, yeah. just, just type Iron Bull romance funny into YouTube and <laughs> if you find a scene where they've I'm pretty just sure fucked. if you just write Iron Bull, yeah. the search will <laughs> auto-complete for you. Um, but yeah, no, apparently they're sticking to their comments, there will be full nudity, so uh, I'm excited to see what a Krogan's dick looks like, I guess. Let's, let's and, and will it match the horror, horrifying <laughs> monstrosities we've seen on DeviantArt? I, I I commissioned some some terrifying eldritch art of a um, of an Asari vagina, so I'm curious to see how accurate I was. Um, I wonder so how you, the Hanar fuck. Are the Hanar even going to be in it? Have, uh, they, have they confirmed like which species are are coming? Or? They've they've not shown any Hanar in any of the pre-release material. Um, we we know that they said which species are coming. All of them. All of them. It's a big porn paradise. Um, Fuck like a Krogan. 
Fuck like a Krogan yeah. indeed. Uh, we we got a bit of news on that Uncharted movie. Uh, apparently the script is R-rated and Neil Druckmann from Naughty Dog has no clue what's going on with the film and is really annoyed that the movie producers keep falsely like suggesting that Naughty Dog are involved in the film. Naughty Dog are just like, no, we don't fucking know what's going on with the film. It's nothing to do with us. Don't Don't say that this is a Naughty Dog created Uncharted film. So... That's going to be a good movie. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm Shadow... continually surprised by what games get movies. Like, they're making one for The Division now, apparently. And I'm like, really? Well, that had no uh, story. Is so, that something anyone know, wants? Probably some people, but not me. Ubisoft's executives want it. Um, That's yeah. about it. I Sha- mean, Assassin's Creed was a huge financial success, apparently, because it did well in... Um, I can't remember what countries, but I think it was in Asian countries it did really China. Well. China yeah. is usually the big market. If you do well in China, you're getting a sequel. I'm pretty sure, yeah, it did pretty good in China. Uh, yeah, the other things we had quickly were that uh, Shadow of Mordor is getting a sequel. It's called Shadow of War. Shadow of Mordor. Yeah, Shadow or of Shadow of Mordor. Shadow of More War. War, 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 war. Um, Shad- more Shadow of Mordor. I, su- I suggested Shadow of War sounds silly, especially because it seems to be taking place during that war. I think they should have just called it Middle Earth War. Middle Earth. Just, just cut to the up. fucking chase. Yeah. Yeah. Or just call it Mordor. Yeah. Shadow of War. Shadow of War just sounds. It sounds like a like a mid tier forgettable third person shooter. But then again, so Shadow do a lot of video War. game titles. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, Horizon Zero Dawn was a... Uh, That's a very it, odd title. They should have just called it, it Horizon. The, yeah. I, I feel maybe maybe there was some trademark or something that yeah. meant they couldn't just call it Horizon, but calling it Horizon Zero Dawn, in, it doesn't it, describe what the game's like. Horizon, Horizon Zero Dawn feels like the prequel title that we get for like a couple of games down the line. They make a prequel to the first one. Yeah, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> After you've it played enough like, games to know like what Zero stop, Dawn um, is or something. It sounds like when they've done so many iterations, they can't decide which one is an actual sequel and which is a spin-off. <laughs> yep. like, there is a sunrise near the beginning of that game. That's a dawn, I suppose. Um... Yeah, and then the last oh, bit well, is... I've, I've discovered references to the title in certain places. I, yeah, There's I don't a reason, want to well, I'll go as far as to say there is a reason why the game's called what it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, narratively, from a marketing perspective, not yeah. a good name. Yeah. Not a good name. They should have called it Horizon Breath of the Wild. <laughs> that would have got some sales. Um, or or gin- Ginger Snaps Robot Bones. Yeah. Woo! Um, what's the last, cool, last thing we uh, had? Really cool protagonist, by the way, Aloy. Oh, Sorry. I love her. Aloy, Aloy, Aloy is fantastic. As a, I really, as a character, really like her. I adore her. She is the right, just the right amounts of serious and cynical. Yeah. Sometimes her constant need to snap back can get a bit annoying, but in a in a way that is similar to how Solid Snake constantly has to repeat what someone said as a question. Yeah. It's like, it gets to the point of parody, but I don't mind it because the character is fun, and it works. And, and because she's kind-hearted. I agree with all these yeah. points. I keep wanting to call her Alloy, because it's a Me word too. to do with metal, 
Um, well, that's that's. I mean, like, that's, that's the gag, obviously. Yeah, rust and alloy. Yeah. I, I, I honestly would have preferred if they were just called rust and alloy. Yeah, alloy and rust sounds like they tried too hard to well, do what they did. You, you could just argue, call them rust you and could alloy. argue that it's a long time since you know the downfall of humanity, and these words change over time, and they were clearly the same root words based on the importance in society. Blah 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 blah. blah. There's probably some linguistic argument to it, but. Uh, I mean that that would work if they didn't use phrases like modernish phrases and 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 terms for everything else. Oh, like they they oh. have an advanced language. Did did you guys hear um, Geralt's voice actor doing some of the NPCs? Yes, I did. That was such a weird like. It was just such an immersion breaker for me to walk past and just hear the guy going, I like the feel of wood. Or what, what was it? I, I like the sound of a hammer on steel. Gee, Freudian, worth, Freudian slip there. I like the feel of it's wood. Worth, it's worth... Uh, you do? It's worth uh, uh, clicking an exhausting dialogue for certain NPCs. Mm. Um, I've got a video of me just talking to one of the... Just a generic guard. It's just a generic guard your guard. And he has so much to say. Like, they have recorded so much dialogue. Like, you're there for a long time before they start repeating things. And there was one great bit where I completed a side quest and the guy was locked in jail. And you could go... It was totally optional to go and see him. And there's no, like, proper story dialogue. It's just you pressing the button to hear phrases over and over. And he just gets more and more pissed off as you do it. <laughs> and, and, and little touches like that. Like, even the there basic was, NPCs have a ton of dialogue. There's one of those, I don't know if you guys found it, but it's tied into the main story. And it's when you go back to a certain spot after certain story events, you get a little cutscene. And it's like, wow, that was a really nice touch. Yes. I, I, I have a feeling I know exactly what you're talking about. Mm. But I won't say any more than that. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, we had one last bit of news to rattle through, which is, uh, I can't remember what the name of the service is, but basically uh, Twitch streamers are now going to be affiliate sellers by default because Amazon have partnered with Twitch so that you can buy games while watching... Nah. Watching live streams and uh, what is it? The developer gets the developer gets fifty percent. Uh, no, gets sixty percent. Five percent goes to the streamer and the rest goes to Twitch, Amazon, whoever. Um, so I might. I mean, that's my, a pretty good idea. It's. I it's wish a, they would do that through YouTube so that publishers yeah. would see how how many of their games get sold through my music videos. Through your music, it's fine. My question for game streamers is, does this create a conflict of interest that isn't properly being um, discussed? That I think it, it depends on the streamer. It depends on who they are. If this was someone like Boogie, mm. I don't think it would be a conflict because Boogie is sort of already in with... Uh, uh, big chunks of the industry. You know, he's done videos with Major Nelson, and and, and he's done unboxings and stuff like that. Um, and a lot of YouTubers are like that, and a lot of mm. Twitch streamers are like that. Well, they're they're already there as as uh, entertainers. I mean, but, but he's but, pretty transparent anyway. About, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And then that's the other and... thing as well. And and if you're a, if you're an affiliate seller by default, then. 
the transparency is already there. Well, my but for so oh, go on, sorry. So, um, Laura, just... you just keep <laughs> the sighs every time we interrupt. You. Oh, I'm sorry. It, it's been a long day. My brain's just there. I'll get. I'll get through quickly. Um, I'll, I'll blaze through. So, for me, the conflict would be if someone like me did it. Mm. Someone like me, whose job is already sort of distanced criticism of games and the industry around them. I'm a. I am a critic by nature, a pundit who has a very very distinct um a very distinct presentation and a very distinct message and this ensures i can never stream on on twitch by my own sort of ethical code i would not stream on twitch now uh because i am not a, i'm not here to sell you things unless you go to sharkrobot.com and go to Jim, go to the Jimquisition section and get yourself a handsome I'm Jim fucking Sterling Sun shirt, which are available for one week only. By Monday, they're gone, and and you can opt to get a free Jimquisition emblem pin when you buy it. Um, but that's the only thing I sell is my own shit and yeah. tat. You you can opt out of this and be like, no, I don't want this to be a thing, which should be fine for you, right. Jim. Okay. Um, the place where I question now is how much of an of an encouragement is this for streamers to pretend that they're having more fun with a game than they are in order to encourage sales because then that becomes a financial offer. they're making money. And yeah. yeah, how much does that cause a conflict of interest with the genuineness of a response to a game? And obviously, like, there is a lot of playing up of reactions that happens generally with Let's Play and culture anyway in terms of that community. But is that a new conflict of interest that now someone might say they're having more fun with the game than they are so that people in the chat will buy it so that they'll make money. I'll, I'll, I'll say this much. Someone will. Yeah. Of course. Not, not just someone. The team, the team Martins of the world are everywhere. Yes. People will use this cynically to make money. That's going to happen. I want to, I want to use this fucking cynically. Do it on YouTube. Whoever, if you're listening, um, Amazon, do the same thing on YouTube. Let people buy video games through my videos so, so that I can make money. <laughs> uh, I, I, yeah, I think it, this kind of thing depends on who you are. If, if you're already known as someone who's sort of pally with the industry and you, you've done sponsored promotions on YouTube and all that kind of stuff, you've done sponsored Twitch streams... I think it's fine. I think if it's someone like myself, as I said, um, someone like yourself, Laura, as well, you know, someone who's yeah closer uh, to the journalist side. Well, if it's well, someone who's supposed to be reviewing the game, it's it's, well, it's not like, even if, a question if it's a if, conflict of interest. If, it is. If this is yeah. if this is like a a system wide thing, my question, I guess, is more to do with where. Let's say this was a single-use video or a stream that was specifically done because you'd agreed with some uh, with the publisher to do a promotional thing, and you were required to disclose that this is a promotional thing that's happening, and that stuff's in place so that you are required to disclose those kind of agreements. However, if every stream you do just happens to, if people buy the game, you know, be an affiliate thing to make you some money. 
do you then have to every single stream you do directly reference hey there's a buy it now down below button which is a you know promotional thing that gets me money and i have to disclose that i don't know i'm curious to see how this pans out yeah i mean it's a from a pure money-making perspective it's a good idea. It's it's a genius move. Like, it's it's a great idea. It yeah, it's fucking brilliant. <laughs> like let's all praise the idea. Um but but when it comes to putting it in practice and then introducing influential uh, personalities to it, then it gets dicey. And and it will be abused. It 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 simply will. And and many people will not abuse it and will give you their genuine thoughts, and if you happen to buy the game and they do happen to genuinely like it, all right, everyone's a winner. Uh, But this will get abused, and something tells me we will see headlines at some point about another T. Martin-esque incident uh, arising from this. Uh, But I I also like what, what Gav says about being able to attach it to... YouTube videos because then that that does demonstrate to publishers that look let's plays and and criticisms on YouTube are not your enemy they're not a threat to your intellectual property rights they're not a threat to your copyright um and I like that and I I, I would like to see public I'd like to know which publishers indulge in this yeah and which ones also indulge in content ID and copyright takedowns and see which ones are being hypocritical here uh, and and which ones are being consistent. So it, I'm going to keep an eye on this because I feel like it's going to be very interesting uh, and 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 hi- uh, highlight a lot of things about how publishers approach copyright and how streamers and YouTubers, let's players, and all that uh, uh, interact with their audience and, and influence them. So yeah, it's it's a very fascinating it's it's uh, a little situation it's a thing to watch from a distance for a little while and just keep an eye on how it unfolds yes yes so i should get back into live streaming i Um, I need not on not actually on twitch i like doing it on youtube because i have an audience there i have no audience on twitch (laughs) i need to do more of that as well i need to do more live streaming i what i might end up doing this weekend uh I might do some live streaming of some of the Switch launch games that aren't Zelda. Um, That'd be cool. So I might just do, like, here's me on video playing all the silly 1-2 Switch games looking like an idiot. Yeah, i got a friend coming over on Saturday. I'm going to make her play 1-2 Switch with me. Yeah. So that I can review it, because otherwise I'd just play it on my own. Because I've got a, a teenager in the house who will just look at it and sneer, because it's not got guns in, in, or swords in it. And oh, it does have swords. There's a sword fighting game. Oh, we might you, be you, 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 you fight, in, you, the, you fight invisible boy. swords with each other, and then the game tells you who successfully stabbed the other. Yeah. And uh, obviously my wife's too busy cuckolding me to play the, the game, so I'll have someone <laughs> around and, and I'll play it with her. So, okay, thumbs up. <laughs> Woo! Should we, should we wrap it up there, then? Yeah, yeah, we'll wrap. We'll wrap Oh, Jimmy. Sorry, I, I, Jimmy, 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 boy. Highly tickled myself with that one. Um, what are we doing? Oh, we, we're, we're wrapping, wrapping up, up probably. We? Oh, God, I'm so dizzy right now. Um, 
Laura, what you do stuff. How can people find that? Well, uh, if you want to find me when I'm not having sex with people in front of Jim because Jim's a massive cuck, you can find me at Laura... <laughs> <laughs> you can find me at... <laughs> You can find me at Laura K. Buzz pretty much everywhere. Laura K. Buzz on Twitter. Laura K. Buzz on Patreon. That's what pays the bills. Go chuck me a dollar or a pound or a euro a month if you can afford to. Uh, other than that, let's play videogames.com. That's where I'm going to be pu- putting up a bunch of my uh, reviews of the Switch and Breath of the Wild and stuff. YouTube slash Laura K. Buzz. I'll be doing a daily let's play of uh, Breath of the Wild starting on March 3rd. Uh, you can Oof. also find me at Crystal Clodcast, the Steven Universe podcast I do every week. And go look up The Embargo Breakers, which is a new podcast I do with Jed Whitaker and Miles, uh, Miles Cox from Destructoid, in which we make up a bunch of fake spoilers about a game and talk about mm. them as if they're very serious, real spoilers. So go check out Embargo Breakers. That's, that's a bunch of stuff that I do at the moment. Also, That's I, I wrote about how Trump was shit, so you can go read about that if you want. <laughs> I think it's my pinned tweet. Uh, I got an email today from someone about my political opinions. Um, some people don't like that I make political jokes on the podcast. <laughs> um, and and I, I do want to apologise for that. And and I, I promise I, I will never again mention the the bad shit president that we have <laughs> right now called called Donald Trump, who is shit. Um, but yeah, someone did say it was very hard to enjoy my content because they think I'm a, a, a feminist and, and they're worried that I would have such an extremist opinion that, you know, I people deserve rights. I've... So I do apologise for thinking people deserve rights. I'm going to still keep thinking that and I'm probably going to still keep saying that. So that's just going to happen. I'm, I'm, I am sorry. I'm not even hiding it. This week I published... Some, uh, today I published something with the headline, Trans people aren't surprised Donald Trump told you he would take our rights. Because I just love to piss off the internet by talking about my political opinions. I try... I, honestly, I said to myself at the beginning of the year, I was like, look, I'm not going to do this... Um, I, I want to try and keep out of the politics, concentrate on just providing fun content for people for escapism. And I have done the content, but every day he gives you something so, to tweet here's, about. Here's my favourite thing. <laughs> I found a place that's willing to pay me to write weekly freelance paid things about how Trump is shit. And this is the best that's... because th- this has been like my... Writing about That's how, a golden gig. Yeah, that is a golden gig because there is all every week there is something new to write about how Trump did something shit. I've, so I've you said know. it before and I'll say it again. I miss when making fun of his grotesque dumb fuckery wasn't considered a political statement. <laughs> yeah. Well I, I miss a time when, you know, you could complain about like everyone would complain about the president or the prime minister. And it yeah. wasn't a big deal. It's like, like we could say they were shit, <laughs> but but then you get these these politically correct people on the right, okay, <laughs> who constantly want to police my language and my tone, uh, and tell me I can't make the jokes I want to make when they're just jokes, bruh. Hey, they're just hey, jokes. Gavin, Gavin, how does it feel to know no one's going to hear your self promotion this week because they all switched off because we talked about politics? God Fuck damn you. it, Laura, that was the punchline I was you, leading to. You, you goddamn SJW cucks, both of you, yeah, ruining my career. Yeah, we're stealing, we're stealing censorship. all Censorship, that. that's what this is, it's censorship. We are stealing income from it's the straight white fucking, dude. These fucking liberal arts students making podcasts, stopping Gav 
from having people listen to his guitar. Yeah. Gavin. Just because I'm a white male. Gavin, you white, white male. <laughs> what? Tell us about your music. Miracle of Sound on YouTube. Miracle of Sound on Twitter. Uh, I make tunes and they're fun and they're good and you should go listen to them. Woo. Yeah. We made it like an hour and ten minutes. <laughs> nothing. Nothing about any of this. I bet people were oh, so relieved. Pete, no. People were complaining that like, oh, why have you dropped down to an hour these last few months? You know, where were the hour and a half episodes? This is what happens when we get closer to an hour and a half. Is the politics creep in? <laughs> Maybe we'll do that. People want a a, a ninety the, minute podcast. The level back. of fucks given slowly decline that, as the podcast gets it. longer. Like I don't know if people could tell, but like um, I don't. I don't. I, my, just, my I don't ever understand people less... getting offended by people having an opinion. You know. I don't know. But I'll say this much, right? Even though my back is more or less healed, I get periods of sciatica and and, and that sort of thing. I've got. Um, a handful of nerve pain pills coursing through me, which over the course of the... This is why I spent ten minutes talking about a VHS <laughs> video about a goose. We're now an hour away from when I did that. <sighs> My sense of social mores and what's right and wrong has just completely fallen can apart, someone, which... Can someone help me? Yes. This the, the SJW cabal has now kept me away from Horizon for an hour and 25 minutes. Oh, okay. So what we're... Which is a shame because Horizon is a feminist game, proven, because there's a, a WOMS in it. Well, there's a... SJW there's propaganda. The society has matriarchs, not patriarchs. It's clearly SJW propaganda. Uh, did you find well, the mean, little note in you... the game that some uh, guy was after writing about that? Yeah, I, I don't that want to spoil funny. it, but it was good. Uh, it's fine. If we want to talk about politics, the Daily Mail called trans people gender facet fascists today. That was what? Yeah, the Daily Mail talked about how they... uh, there is an in- <laughs> there is an increasingly powerful transgender cabal of gender fascists. Oh, they have so much social power, so much uh... social power. You know what they have? They- they hog the suicide rates oh. and, and the sexual assault victim rates. They hog that, taking it away from the straight white man. What a fucking fascist you are, Laura. What a fucking fascist you are. You know, here's a fact about me, right? I haven't touched the Daily Mail with my bare hands in, in, in practically my entire life. When I had to move a Daily Mail off, off, off the kitchen counter when I worked in an office, I'd pick up a tea towel and use that because I won't touch the Daily Mail with my bare fucking hands. I wouldn't even I, touch it with my gloves because I, I like my gloves. I don't want to burn them. I, as a teenager, went to a fuck the Daily Mail protest when they blamed nice. when they blamed My Chemical Romance for, like, they acu- suggested that they were a suicide cult and that anyone who listened to their music oh, was Lord. about to take part in some kind of, like, Satanistic suicide ritual I went to London And I I went and chanted Fuck the Daily Mail At their offices Nice Yeah Nice You big uh, I want to do a protest <laughs> I'm going to do more protests I think They're awesome I'm going to look for the next ones in Jackson I'm going to be a real Pain in the ass. We should. I, I I leave messages for the governor of Mississippi. I, we, t- I tell him things. We should wrap up this video game podcast. Can I, 
Can I go back to Aloy now? Yeah, go, go, go I'm be so with your SJW video <laughs> okay. game friend. My, my, my girlfriend's been so patient this week and, and doesn't mind that I've spent 40 hours running around with a, a, an athletic ginger. <laughs> I'm, I'm going go okay, to go back to Zelda. Your music. Your music. Tell us about your music. I did already. You were you were did you? you were off doing your SJW cabal thing and didn't notice. <laughs> Miracle of sound. There it is. I, Bye. Snu- I snuck it in so you couldn't censor it. You cuck you cucked it in. Okay. Um just quickly before we wrap up that I wanted to do like a great big thank you and everything about the digital side and, and the support and the video and the the video trending number two in the UK on YouTube. Only beaten by Ant and Deck doing some prank on Jamie Oliver, which I've not watched. I can only assume they pranked him with a $10 million lawsuit. It's the only way it's better than my video. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll truncate all that now to just simply say thanks, and we'll see you next time. Bye. 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 Daily Maller, a bunch of cunts. <laughs>